Please note, this episode contains some strong language. Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Well, I will say this is a lovely way to spend a Wednesday evening when it's dreek outside. I am speaking to Gordon Howie, motion designer and digital artist. Thank you so much for coming on the Bra and the Brave, Gordon. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's exciting to be here and good to meet you. And you, and you. I've been obviously admiring all of your lovely work online. Yeah, just fascinated about all things animation and art and digital design and all that because that's like a world that is alien to me you're lucky I can turn this computer on and record a podcast (laughs) well one thing I was excited about to talk to you is I feel that animation and dancing have a lot of similarities because if you think about it like both art forms use movement to express emotion and to connect with people so in some ways in my head I'm like a digital dancer when I'm doing all my stuff so (laughs) all of that of that yes let's get into that I guess you know when you think about it with dancing, you can tell a full story without saying any words. And it's the same with animation. You can, you know, connect with people and sort of show them these characters or this emotion. And and again, it's all about how you move things and, you know, timing and pacing and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely think, you know, there's more in common than maybe what you would think. I guess, yeah, like you say, it's storytelling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I am fascinated by stories and that's why I do this podcast. And that's why the theme of the podcast is just people and their passions. And um could it take you back to your childhood? Do you have like an early memory of not necessarily, you know, thinking, I want to be an animator when I grow up, I want to do digital design or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah. just like your earliest memory of creating something and being proud of that? I think, you know, creativity is such a big part of my life that I don't remember it not being there. Um, I think the earliest thing, like me, and my sister, and cousins used to do like, my granny had quite a big window frame, windowsill, and uh, we would all do, you know, we'd shut the curtains and get into place and then, like, open the curtains and do, like, you know, a bit of a thing. So <laughs> we were always, like, making stuff, like, telling stories and all that kind of thing. And I think I was quite lucky when I was, I must have been, like, pre-10 years old anyway. Mm-hmm. And I went to a comic book kind of festival thing in Ayrshire, which those kind of things just don't happen in Ayrshire. <laughs> okay, so is, that, is this where you were growing up then, Gordon? Ayrshire? Yeah, so I grew up in Ayr. Um, ah, yeah. is that, lovely. What about you? Where were you? Um, I am in North Lanarkshire, so I'm Belsil, nice. still here. I haven't moved right. very far. Nice. Literally five minutes up the road from me. Yeah. I literally moved to my mum and dad's house and I was like, I'm never moving again. <laughs> Everybody's like, you only moved your bedroom. It moved like a whole house. I'm like, never moving again. <laughs> but Ayr is such a lovely place to grow up, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those places that you appreciate it more when you're away from it. If that makes I, we sense. used to go like day trips to air with the YMCA. Oh, nice. <laughs> to air <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, no, when the sun's shining, it is really beautiful. When it's dreech and miserable, it's a bit depressing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this uh, comic, basically like a kind of mini comic con, there was like comic artists there. Um, and this is an air town hall. Basically, there was a guy there 
doing like so he had a clip from Tom and Jerry playing on the screen and he was inviting people to come up and do like live sound effects for it. So people would try and like lip sync behind a curtain kind of thing and then it would look like yeah. the animation had the so that to me was like this is so much fun. Like yes. I love all of this. So I think just from that point, I, I just had a curiosity about kind of the filmmaking process. And then I think maybe when I was like 11-ish, I did a summer school at Air College that did a kind of filmmaking course thing. It was like a 3D, you know, come and make a movie. Um, and I get, that was just like fuel to my, my brain. I was like, this is amazing. I love, love doing this. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like the hobby that I had and the creativity that I had inside me. I had this mm. outlet to do it in. And then from when I was 12 onwards, like, I just started making short films with friends, like, all the way through to my sixth year at school. So that was kind of, like, the the starting of it all, really, was just, um, I put it down to that Tom and Jerry guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember his name, because it, it was so much fun. Um, That's amazing, that just that one moment, that one day, it just captured you, and, like, it's yeah. taking you through your, to, to, to adulthood, to your career. yeah. Definitely, yeah. Obviously, it started out, and it was, I mean, looking back, the, the films we made were god-awful. <laughs> we always tried to do some kind of, like, murder mystery thing, but it was cool. just, like, this is so cringy. Oh, my God. They can't be as bad as me and my sister. My mum my and dad used to hire the video camera for the Bell Cell Library. Oh, nice. And it was like a big like, BBC thing. It was huge. Mm-hmm. And it, we've got this terrible video of me just going, Dad, see tomorrow. Do you think you could film me because you filmed Emma way loads today? And I'm like, that just sums me up. <laughs> so I'm sure Does that clip exist somewhere? Oh, I Oh, they'll have it. No bother, I. They'll definitely have it. I'm, oh, you need hopefully to it's that. not going to air. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <the> point. <laughs> I'm sure your videos are far more creative and fabulous than ours. <laughs> yeah. So interestingly, the one thing I wanted to kind of touch on because I know you were like, you know, we can cover, what you call it, like hurdles and stuff. So yes, one thing I felt happened a lot when I was younger, especially especially around about the time of UCAS. Basically, that actually gives me the fear, that word. Uh, I, know, I was trying to think about it today. I was like, what? What was that called again? And then, yeah, it just, it brings back so many horrible memories. Yeah, so I was having a meeting with my guidance teacher. And this is when I was picking subjects before, I think, yeah, you pick your list of unis or whatever it was. So I had a meeting with him and I was like, oh, I'd like to do something in the film making industry, like whether it be writing or directing. And he basically laughed at me and was like, oh, do you want to be the next Steven Spielberg? And then said that only successful people can do that. I was like, it's one of the biggest industries. And like, you know, you should be encouraging me here, surely. Like you're, you should be giving me guidance on how to achieve like my Absolutely. passion and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, who would um, say that I can't do that? And Steven Spielberg was just a boy. Yeah. Like, wanting to be a film director. And now, as an adult, thinking, like, if there was a wee boy in front of me saying, like, I'm passionate about this, I want to do that, I'd wave the biggest flag and be like, woohoo. Ah, like, and it doesn't matter it. what it is. See if you yeah. want to be the best bin lorry driver. 100%. Be what you want to be. Because yeah. life is short. Or In fact, life is long. See what you want to do. And it's also short at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's horrible that you... So what made you pursue it even though that person was like... Mm. In my head, that just didn't compute. I was like, this is the only option for me that I can see. Like, I know, like, every fibre of my body is... You know, I'm passionate about this. And it's what I love doing. So... Mm-hmm. 
basically, fuck you, I'm going to go and do I, it anyway. Well, you were, you were um, already, it's not like you were saying, I mean, it would be fine if you were saying something that was totally alien, you'd never done it before. Yeah. Because that's where you go on to study. Like, mm-hmm. but the fact that you were actually doing it, this yeah. is a, pa- a passion project that you've been doing since you were like, whatever, 12. Yeah, exactly. So I went to uni and, um, and it, yeah, I mean, the whole time I was there, I was like, oh God, have I made a mistake? And my parents and stuff were supportive, but there was just, it was always like a bit of an underline of like, oh, so what's the backup plan? I don't know if you had that with uh, <laughs> performance well, stuff. But. Well, I had a bit of a different route into my job. So yeah, there was a backup plan, but that went first. All right. <laughs> and then I went, I should have just really done the thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And yep. so went and done that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um went to uni and I did really enjoy it. You know, I learned all about cinematic storytelling, like how to properly kind of structure scripts and stories and all that kind of stuff. And sort of on the side of this, I was doing like doodles and artwork anyway. And I'd started playing around with uh, digital art. So I was doing things where I'd like sketch an image and then bring it into Photoshop and then put digital ink over the top and stuff like that. So those two things were kind of happen- happening separately. Um, and then we worked on a film project at uni where I had to do like a specific effect. So I used a software called After Effects. And After Effects basically is like, you know, you can do visual effects and you can also do animation, you know, inside the software. So I started learning this visual effect. And I was like, oh, this is so much fun. Like, I really love doing this. Like the kind of meticulousness of it, the kind of method thing. I, I quite enjoy that deep focus, like just getting on with a, a good task like that. And then I think the penny started to drop. I was like, wait a minute, I can do like digital artwork and bring them into this and actually bring it to life. So yeah. it was like, you know. An epiphany. I, I could hear angels going like, ah, like, welcome, <laughs> you've arrived kind of thing. <laughs> um, and yeah, so at that point I was like, I want to make animated films or something like that. Like I felt like it was such a good cross-section of all the things that I loved and enjoyed and... It was yeah a much more I felt expressive way to tell stories as well. So yeah, um, so basically when I graduated, I had the film background and kind of knowledge, but then I also had all my kind of animations that I had been learning in my free time. Um, so that was kind of like the starting point. The fact that you obviously were pursuing that in your your spare time and well, you were studying full time. Well, that just shows yeah. you the the passion that was there. Like you were just totally immersed in it. The storytelling aspect of animation. There's so much creativity involved in that, like you're saying, because you can allow your imagination to run wild. I know you can do that with actual humans, like mm-hmm. you're filming, like films. But then I guess with putting not pen to paper, or or well, wait a minute, do you put pen to paper first? Are you somebody who doodles on actual paper with pens? Yeah, well, so sometimes it depends. Really, um, not as much now, but definitely previously, I, I did a lot of just like hand drawn scribbles mm-hmm. and stuff in the sketchbook, but. Um, it depends really on what is like what kind of time I have on a project. Like sometimes I I prefer starting with pen and paper because it's much more like tactile or something. It feels more yeah. I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, I definitely enjoy that. Um, yeah. But sometimes if you're under pressure, it's sometimes a bit quicker just to go straight into the digital stuff. Um, and you can click undo, <laughs> which helps. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually. This is actually quite frightening, but I was I did a drawing recently. So I, I use um 
an iPad to do my doodles and a thing called Procreate. And to do uh-huh. undo, you tap with two fingers. <laughs> and I was like drawing with a real pen and paper and I tapped the table with my fingers. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Gordon. <laughs> I need to unplug for a few weekends if I could just... Oh. away from the <laughs> <Yeah>. iPad. <laughs> that's funny. So, but I think that's awesome that... So a lot of that was self-taught then? Like you're saying like that wasn't what yeah, you so studied? There's really good resources online. Um, there's kind of like free training, boot camps and that kind of stuff. So... When I really felt like, oh, this is definitely the right path, I started doing all that kind of thing. I was just drinking up any tutorial I could. Yeah, it is mad to think about, like... Well, you crammed in, like, almost, like, two courses in the one go. Basically, yeah. I think, though, because I I enjoyed the animation so much, it didn't ever feel like... It wasn't the same kind of stress or pressure. It felt more like an escape, really. Um, Mm, Yeah, totally. And and I, I think because with my studies so my course was filmmaking and screenwriting and obviously there's so much overlap within animation in that anyway so it, it just felt like both things were kind of working with each other um, yes. rather than me being like oh I'm overloaded with all of this it was sort of like uh-huh. you know what I was learning at uni I'd go home and be like oh you know I'm going to try this camera angle here and do all that kind of stuff so totally. um, yes yeah, so it definitely complemented each other. Well, I would imagine from a client's perspective, and we'll get on to like the people that you've worked with and the projects that you've done, but I guess from their perspective, if you've got that experience and that knowledge of filmmaking and screenwriting, and then yeah. you're you know, you're an animator, then that's like a double whammy for them because they you need to it's one thing going, Can you make this thing? But if it's like totally from scratch and they've just got some sort of concept that they come to you with, you'll have a better overview of like storytelling and and how that yeah. has well, the beginning, the middle, and the end of it, not just how it's got to look and move on the screen, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I think as well, when I graduated, I did have like, I think it was like a six-month window where nothing really happened, and I was working part-time in a hotel, and I had graduated, and nothing was really happening. Like, I couldn't see any real opportunities happening. And I was just like, again, that conversation was echoing in my mind, like, only successful people can do this like maybe I have made a mistake oh my god so I thought no I I have to make this work like I I need this to work and I just started knocking at everyone's door like hi I do video and graphics like if there's anything I can do like please let me know um and actually I feel like my big kind of not break but kind of moment that everything started uh snowballing was um so yeah I was basically going at 110%. I was like, I'm going to go to every networking thing. I'm just going to get myself out there. And I went along to this, um, I think it was through Business Gateway. You know how they do the free seminars on like bookkeeping and stuff like that? So I was going yes. to one about tax. I was oh, so hungover. Times. I was so hungover. <laughs> it needed me. I know. Yeah. My brain felt like what a walnut looks like that day. I just, I was like, this is so painful. <laughs> I'm what impressed you dragged yourself there yeah. in the first place. I'm at this thing and I was just in the corner like, I hate everything well, look at me. Like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't care about tax. I don't care about HMRC. Just <laughs> just void me now. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this guy sat down next to me. Um, and I think, I can't remember his name, which is really bad. But he was just like, hey, my name's this. This is what I do. You know, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so I said, you know, I do video and graphics. Um, just starting out. But, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And he was like, well, actually, there's a guy I know called Guylan Boardman. You should get in touch with him. So Guylan had just started his own business doing, like, video 
kind of corporate video production. And um, he was based in Entrepreneurial Spark in Glasgow. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes. So it's kind of like a business incubator for small businesses. And he was making kind of like explainer videos for each of these small businesses. Like, you know, this is what we do, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously he was like, oh, it'd be brilliant if we could do some animation. And because I had this room of like businesses looking for this thing, you know, I started getting more and more work from everyone. So yeah, I, f- I feel like I'm so thankful for that hungover tax <laughs> meeting, man. Just will you in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, You're like, I am thanking my former self yeah. for dragging myself out my bed. I, and me, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, because I had done all these kind of small explainer videos for these businesses, I had obviously my portfolio got really strong. And then from there, I went on to work in a like architectural visualization company doing like <laughs> videos that showed like logistics of, you know, big kind of epic constructions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and that's really, that was kind of like the starting point. And from there, everything's just kind of, I'm not going to start being like, I went here and I went there, but. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's fascinating to hear like the plethora of like, I guess like you, you don't realise what people use animation and graphics for until mm-hmm. somebody's telling you about it and you're like, why? I feel like that's uh, something I didn't really know at the start as well. Like, Because I think in my head, I was like, okay, I, I want to work in film or TV in some way. And I didn't realise there was this huge other kind of, like, I mean, I've worked across so many different industries doing so many different things. But regardless of, like, whoever the client's been, it's always been about a story they want to tell or communicate. Even if it's, like, a construction video, you know, yeah. it's still a story that they're trying to communicate. So one of the things I enjoyed was mm-hmm. um, taking, like, dry content and turning it into something that was quite engaging. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, totally. So I wouldn't say sorry. They were. You should do one about tax. The business gateway <laughs> would be even <laughs> you could make that entertaining. Yeah, that would be. So don't be signing up. I yeah. <laughs> yes, I think you should. I think you should totally do that. <laughs> Put that out there. Yeah, I should. <laughs> it's just lovely when you make like one connection, like you did that day, totally unexpected. Yeah. And then it is like a snowball effect. And it's not to say like from there it's dead easy and you got all the work. Because it doesn't yeah, go like that. I guess it's like proof in the pudding as well, because then you would have a body of work to then show to people this is what I do. And yeah. this is like the different types of things that I'm able to do, the clients that I've worked with, because it's all like people buy people and they buy what you've done before. It's like you're able to show them something. That was another thing, um and I feel like this is a tip I give to new people. Like I was also, when I wasn't working, I was trying to make things that I wanted to be employed for. So, like, I would make, like, a music video for, like, a song that I liked or whatever. And I think that also helped so that when I was knocking doors, I could be like, hey, this is what I've done in the past, blah, blah, blah. Um, That's clever. Obviously, I went into architectural stuff first. <laughs> so I didn't necessarily get the music videos right away, but they came later. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's it. It's like, I guess, because you love doing it, you're going to do it regardless of whether mm-hmm. it, you know hopefully obviously it's going to pay the bills eventually yeah. if that's what you want to do as a job but it's like me with dance like I'll still always dance even if I'm not teaching the impressive thing is that you were obviously creating the stuff that you wanted to end up making mm-hmm. and I think that's that's clever just like I want to do this and hopefully yeah. this will help like throughout my life I feel like I've been lining up dominoes you know it's taken me a while like while I've enjoyed all the work experience and stuff I had and have had 
um, I feel like the past couple of years, I'm really doing what I love now. And it, it's just taken me all that time to really patiently kind of line up these opportunities. And I finally flicked that first domino and everything's kind of all come together. And it, I say to people as well, like, my career has been more like a, rather than a career path, it's like a career snakes and ladders. <laughs> like I've been up, I've been down, I've been all over the place, but I've finally like gone up that wee ladder that's like got me to a place where, yeah, I feel really, yeah, so I'm currently working on um, a kid's TV show at the moment with a studio called Wild Child. Every day is just, I'm like, I, this is so much fun. It's so crazy. Um, that is so cool. And again, it just, it feels like full circle back to that, like, I feel like I'm that, my little younger self ah. at that Comic-Con, watching that Tom and Jerry clip. I feel like I'm living that again. You are. As, that's you know. amazing. So, that's total full circle. It is like lining up all the dots in it. And sometimes you can't really see the bigger picture or you're like, mm-hmm. surely all these dots now are going to connect. And I'm sure you've had moments like that, but now it all makes sense to you. You're like, oh, that was totally all meant. Yeah. I was meant to play all those dominoes at that time. It's about being present as well, like in what you're doing in that time and just trusting the universe and trusting the process and all that, I guess. Because yeah. every every job you'll do, every like intense like five hours sitting at the computer going, oh, can I figure this out? It's all mm-hmm. for something. Again, it's kind of like the attitude I had after that meeting where he was like, you know, basically patronizing me. Uh-huh. I was like, nope, you know. The only choice is just to keep going forward. And I, th- I think I've always just held on to that because, and to follow my instincts also, because I feel like, yeah, I-, I feel like I've got good instincts when it comes to opportunities and where things are leading me and stuff like that. So, you know, it's one of those things you, you're like, oh, yeah, I had good instincts, but it's more retrospective. It's not like you feel it in that exact moment. But afterwards, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm really glad that I listened to whatever was going on inside myself at that point. But yeah, but then hopefully over time, when that happens often enough, then when you do have that, well, I won't, am I, as a staff, am I thinking straight? Then you're like, no, wait a minute. Like, it's worked for me so far. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm uncertain, let's just go with this because it feels, there's something telling me to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So So in terms of like a day in the life, and I know that will be very different depending on what project you're working with, who you're working with, because I guess as much as there'll be a lot of solitary work, yeah, there's all that collaboration with whoever you're working with, the client, a brand or whatever. Yeah, um, I don't know if you want to give me a specific example, but what does a day in the life look like for Gordon Howie? <laughs> um, so it is so varied. Like projects in animation are typically like at the start, it's a bit of a frenzy. Like people come together. There's a lot of just brainstorming, like... Well, in an ideal situation, it's very collaborative and, you know, just trying to shape what the project's going to be. So I like being around people at that point. And then once we've the idea is kind of locked and loaded, sorry, I'm kind of giving you more of a general oh, oh, thing. Okay. Um, I think I, I like the production stage where it's kind of like deep focus and I'm sitting doing my work. Um, so really it's just, you know, you're making your animations on the screen and then you submit that for a review. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, start the project, a bit of a frenzy. Everyone's like talking and being collaborative. Through the process, it's more, I guess, solitary, get your head mm-hmm. down and get it done. And then at the end, again, there's typically a bit of a frenzy of like, oh, have you got this file? Like, where's this, where's that? <laughs> um, days aren't normally the same, really. Mm-hmm. In animation, like, it depends <laughs> yes. really 
what you're doing. Like sometimes if you've got a really complex scene, it is very much like get the tunes on and just get on with it. Oh, interesting. Do you have do you listen to music while you're working? Yes. I well, I listen to like songs without words in it. Normally, yes. if I'm like on a deadline, I'm like I need to either like movie soundtracks or like dance music. Cool. You know. Yeah. And there's there are other times where like I put on my headphones but don't listen to music and just work. I I quite like hearing that the white noise also. <laughs> but that's when I know I'm in really deep work because like the playlist will finish, but I'm still like click click click. And then I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to anything for like three hours or something. What's going on? Um, yeah, and well, actually, with Tom Gates, um, I think you'll enjoy this. Tom Gates, the TV show, is basically like a mixture of animation and also there's like live action bits in it. And so you know, Art Attack, the yes. show, yeah. So it's got that kind of flavor where they teach the kids how to make something crafty out of like, you know, get a toilet roll and cut this and whatever. Earlier this year, we were actually on site. This is when we were able to get back in the room, and, and so I was making like paper snakes and stuff like that. <laughs> And I was just sitting cutting things like you were in your element, weren't you? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very surreal. I was like, I can't believe I'm sitting here, like making paper snakes. <laughs> so bizarre, <laughs> but it was so much fun, and it was really nice to work with, like you know, do crafting and stuff like that ah, for a day. Um, it's so mindful, isn't it, to do something yeah. like that? I mean, obviously, your job is very mindful, but just be tactile as well. Like you're saying, like with materials and making something, because obviously you're yeah. a very creative person, but. But you're saying it's on a computer a lot of the time, so I did find though that after doing the crafty stuff, like the day after, I would ha- almost it felt like a hangover. And I don't know if wow. it's just because like I hadn't used that kind of um, concentration in a while that my brain was just mm. like, oh, what, are <laughs> you, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Paper so, snakes fa- tipped you over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, a, a day in the life of animation is always like pretty random, to be honest. Um, <laughs> It's quite funny, like my partner, Eric, works in, uh, he's a civil servant. And so so we've now moved house, basically. We were, cool. were working in the same room in our old flat. Okay. And that was the reason for the move. But Got you. <laughs> I think it's given us like an appreciation of each other's work because I could hear him sitting on calls and it was all about kind of like data and policies and stuff like that. And then I'm sitting there like, what colour should the butterfly be? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just like, it's oh important stuff here. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> got to get this right. Make <laughs> <Stuff laughs> <into> policies. <laughs> Everyone's got his place. <laughs> yeah, totally. The, the in-depthness of the creative process. Mm-hmm. Some days there must be like the most minutia of details that you go into, but it all matters. Definitely, and it's quite funny. Like I think anyone that works in animation or design can relate to this. Where like you know, for example, if you're on a team project, like. Yeah, I would fixate on that one thing. I'd be like, like, can we just please change that? But everyone else is like, oh no, it's honestly nobody will ever notice that. I'm like, I will, notice that. <laughs> I will notice that. Uh, so yeah, stuff like that definitely. I mean, not just myself, like everybody I think I've worked with has got that thing that they're, you know, quite particular about. And yeah. I think because it is quite a, you know, it is very deep focus work mm. and very meticulous that if you do miss that one little thing it is like why did I not say that <laughs> so yeah and that's the frustration of it but that's the joy of it as well like every mm-hmm. that we like getting into your head with the headphones on with music <laughs> and all of a sudden like six hours have passed and you're like you know that's that's the joy of it like that's what you deliver because I guess like working for yourself like it's mm-hmm. one thing 
you know, working for a firm or whatever, and there's there's the challenges there working for a company or whatever, but also going out on your own and doing your thing and trusting that the work's going to come, but also like not necessarily having colleagues. Obviously, you have your clients and you're working with them and collaborating, but being out there on your own and trusting your own judgment and yeah. not being able to go to somebody. What do you think of this? Like, is this good or or yeah. they said that or because I was having this conversation with my mum the other week there and she was saying that about my job. She's like, as, as much as you work with lots and lots of people, don't have like permanent colleagues <laughs> that you yeah. can just mull all that stuff over with. Yeah. Do you find that like you have your go-to people or um, even just your own practices that keep you kind of focused on like what you're doing? Yeah, I think there's definitely, I think because I've worked in a lot of different studios now, I've met, you know, either other freelancers or, you know, full-time people that are employed as motion designers or animators or whatever. So if, if I am on a solo project and I'm struggling with something, I definitely, you know, I, I, thankfully I've got a net, a network of people that I could send something to and be like, can you just take a look at this and is it working or is it not? You know, all of us kind of do that between each other. Like That's cool. You know, so it definitely, yeah, 100%. Because, yeah, there's definitely times where, like, if you've been looking at something too long, it just loses all meaning. And I think also when it's totally that thing of, like, you're too close to the woods to see the trees kind of, you know, moment. So just having someone else be like, oh, there's a really weird thing in this shot. I'm like... And as soon as they see it, it's like becomes like a neon light. You're like, why did I not see this? Um, In terms of like your style, so I I guess like a client comes to you because they've maybe seen some of your work before, so they like what you do. mm -hmm. But would you say you have like a a style? Personally, I I don't know how I would define it, but like other, I've had other people who have like watched something that I've done. Like, oh, this is so you, or this is so your style, and I'm like. So I guess I would, I'd say kitsch, camp, and colourful are like the three words that I like to try and use. <laughs> Love alliteration. Love it. Kitsch because I think a lot of my kind of reference points and influences are very like retro adjacent. So like fifties animation, Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, all that kind of stuff is definitely a big like bank of you know inspiration for me mm-hmm. um and I also love like 1940s kind of like pinup art and stuff like that so that kind of like kitsch where it's like yeah I, I don't know I mean you yeah, tell me so, so it's funny because like I, so I would never like to say to somebody oh, I think it's that oh it's totally this isn't it and then they, they would go no mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's obviously why I was drawn to your work because that my dance troupe is a 1940s 1950s inspired oh, dance nice. troupe. cool without being able to put my finger on it that's uh-huh. why I was drawn yeah. to your work <laughs> like yeah because nice. like um see your um I loved your uh poster series like yes. Perry and the Campari uh, advert that's so clever I love that that so that was my um like I've always admired that kind of artwork some of it, when you look at it now, it's very modern. Yeah, I just love all of those artists. Um, and I, I am planning a second, like, batch of them. Yeah, so much fun. And a few of the companies actually, like, messaged me on Instagram afterwards to be like, you know, thank you so much. We really loved it. And So you so, just did that because you loved it and then it just shows you, do you know what I mean? Like, you reach out to people, your work connects yeah. with somebody. That's so clever. But you've just done it because you love you love. Yeah that that artwork you love that period of time like you want to just I think they all had quite a a sort of interest in 
like I, I feel like all of those kind of posters look like a snapshot from a film anyway. And I'm like, I really want to see this in motion somehow. Um, so I just picked a batch of my, my favourite ones and was like, let's see what I can do. In the sweetie one, the Baratti chocolate, it's my arms coming out of the chocolate thing. Shut the door. <laughs> so take a, take a look and give me your critique. <laughs> Let me know about yes! extensions and stuff. <laughs> oh my word, I love that. Because so I, I was trying to animate it and I was like, I cannot get this to look good. And I was like, I've got a green screen. I could just, like, you know, <laughs> stretch my arms out. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, is that how you do that? That's amazing. So it's kind of a fusion of, like, I took the posters, uh-huh. um, cut them up into pieces so I could animate it. And then for the arms, that was just like a, a movie clip of my own arms. That's amazing. <laughs> like, I, like, I can't even imagine how you begin to do that, but that is really clever. <laughs> that blows my mind. I'm super chuffed with that that series it was really really good fun to make and hopefully you can tell that i enjoyed you know because that was purely like a, a passion project um but that's the, the important thing about it as well i guess f- like that you keep making so obviously you'll have the work that comes in that has to be done and there's deadlines and all the rest of it and there's obviously all the creativity goes to that and yeah. if you're still like making in the background and just like experimenting you'll be finding things all the time that's going to inform the next piece of work and yeah, or might get you the next piece of work do you know what yeah. I mean which is ideal but it's just like you're still making because you love to do it yeah definitely the passion's still there that's good there's not yeah. drained it out of you with all yeah. the hard work and the of being a freelancer well, <laughs> on that note so this is kind of like uh the flip side of that is mm-hmm. I had a bit of a bad burnout earlier this year Okay. I I took I overloaded the, the plate or I over-egged the pudding, whatever the phrase is. Um and basically I did another project on the side of Tom Gates and I thought I could handle it and it was just it grew arms and legs and it got bigger and I was like, oh I'm super proud of it, but it really burnt me out to the yeah. point where yeah, I remember finishing it and I switched off the computer and all I could see in the screen was like my own reflection and I was just like, Why am I doing this to myself? Like you know, so I definitely fell out of love a little bit with animation at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of said to myself, like, I'm not going to take on anything too big outside of work because it was just, yeah, I think I just took on a bit too much. The danger as well, I think, of something that you're passionate about is you do boundaries between life and work blur. <laughs> yes. And so I guess I, you know, became like a snake eating itself a wee, wee bit. It was like, I love this so much, but. Can't I don't stop. want to do it for a little can't bit. Stop. Yeah. Uh, you can't give of yourself creatively if you're not living a life. Exactly. If that's all you're doing is just like yeah. sat in the chair doing the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Yeah, that's important to say that. Like I appreciate you sharing that and I'm sure other people will as well, because like we've all been there where it's like, it's amazing that all the work's coming in and I'm taking it all and I can totally do it all. And then 100%. it comes to the point where you can't say no to all of the things now because you're in it. <laughs> and uh-huh. you're like, I've just got to stay on this train, but it, it's hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the flip side of that, I think for me, last year was losing all of the work and then going, who am I if I don't do my job? Yeah. So there's that thing that's like, like you said, being tied up in your, what yeah. you do. And I, I don't know if you can identify with this as well, but creativity is such a big part of my identity that suddenly feeling my body be like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was like, oh, uh, like you're saying, I was just like, who, like, what do I do with myself? And if I'm not doing this sort of stuff and not that I do it all the all all the time you know no. but it just 
really was a bit of a wake up call of like, okay, I need to set clearer boundaries between my time and the passion projects and stuff like that. This is the thing I was trying to figure out in my mind was because I had the opportunity at Tom Gates, which I love, but I did feel like I was sort of seeking other projects. And it it wasn't because of any other reason, just other than I love it. (laughs) So yeah, I think I'm just learning now uh, to pace myself and appreciate the opportunities that are directly in front of me and just, you know, cool it off with the side stuff um, and save more time for my own, just like, because that project was for someone else. Um, And I think when I don't have time for my own creative nonsense, like, I think that's when I burn out, basically. Yeah, that's a real thing, and a lot of people will totally identify with that. And I think that's what yeah. I want this podcast to be as well. Like, as much as like you know the lovely stories about like happy creating, like it's also difficult, especially during a pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that's kind of why I wanted to say that because like as much as things have been like you know a great enjoyable experience for me, it is also at times you know yeah it is a very burnout because it is quite high intensity focus. As much as we're talking about um, difficult moments and being a creative and being a freelance creative and being a human in these times. Um, has there been particular work that's not, it might have been a highlight, but even just like work that's informed your practice long term? Has there been like specific jobs or, you know, specific moments where you're like, oh, actually, that I learned a big lesson there or that was a hurdle but I overcame it? And yeah, just anything um, that stands out. For so you. I think. The very first job I had at the architectural visualisation company was a big one. Um, And I think that really gave me a good foundation for like how to just handle clients, really. Um, And I I think because the projects are so consistent, you know, I was handling things like I was doing projects from start to finish, as well as addressing feedback and having meetings and stuff with clients. So and I was there for about three and a half years. so and after I left that and went freelance, yeah, I definitely think that experience, yeah, just sort of set me up and how to deal mm. with like difficult situations sometimes, you know, or not difficult situations, but you know, if you have like a awkward moment with a client, like what sort of language do you use to maneuver through that and blah blah blah. Um yes. especially when they're like giving you strange feedback and things like that, you know, how to kind of pull out what they really want to say and things like that. So having other experienced people around me as well really helped there so um, yeah yeah and then the other experience um so this is more of an instinctual one um so I left my job at Solis and I went to work in a in a tv station basically on the job description it said motion graphics artist and in the kind of description it was like but might also be required to do, and then there was a couple other tasks. Totally fine, you know, whatever. I put in my application, went for the interview, interview went really well, and the whole time they just kept talking about my animation and motion graphics. So I was like, cool, this is all good. And I did ask them some more questions about what else is expected of me. So they had sort of set my expectations, and I was like, cool, it's going to be, I'm going to be doing graphics, it's going to be on broadcast, this is really fun. Um and then I started the job and it became quickly apparent that the other tasks they wanted me to do were quite significant. And I, I was only ha- going to have a really short amount of time to do the animation. 
Mm. So I was like, I, I left it for a week. I thought maybe this is just like a crazy week. I'm sure things will calm down. And the, the next week it was just like the same again. And basically they were trying to squeeze two jobs into one position. And I was like, I don't have any time to do the things you're asking me. I don't understand what's happening. So I wrote down a list of all the things that, you know, they were wanting me to do. And I put time against everything. And I was like, guys, I don't think this is realistic unless I do crazy, crazy overtime. And so I had a meeting with the producer there and he read the letter in front of me and then just said, like, you know, I I don't understand what the, the issue is here. And I was like, well, I just think this is a bit unrealistic. You know, I'm getting a bit anxious. I don't know what's the right thing. Like, I don't want to do all this overtime, basically. Um, And the response was that I should be lucky to be working in television. And I was like, okay, I'm out. Alarm bells. Like, every part of my body was like, you know when a ghost, when Whoopi Goldberg's like, Molly, you in danger, girl. (laughs) That's all I could hear in my head. I was like, Gordon, get out. Later that afternoon, I had a meeting with the HR department for the company and they were like giving me my induction so they're like welcome to the company this is our values this is this um and at the end he was like does anyone have any questions and I was like how much notice do I need to give if I should just leave and he was like well you you haven't been here or something like is it your first 10 days you can walk out without giving any notice oh wow right okay so I was like brilliant thanks that's all I needed to know so I went to my desk and I wrote a letter and was like what you're asking me to do, A, wasn't mentioned in our interview. I feel misled and, you know, basically good luck with the project, but I'm out and I just walked out, basically. That's brave. And I went home and I just sat on the couch like, I just <laughs> done? I'm unemployed. I think I was oh just going to go back there. Gosh. It, but I've never felt a stronger, like, gut feeling of like well you go there's that gut feeling again it's like yeah telling you what to do do it and from that point that's when I really started kind of freelancing and things just got better and better from that point so it you know swings and roundabouts it all kind of balanced out in the end but yeah yeah so you had to go through that experience to know what you really wanted and what you didn't want yeah and I guess it's like what you then set yourself up as like a freelancer because I guess as well working your own there isn't that there isn't people to ask like what's right exactly maybe it is but it's not as readily available as somebody in an office sitting next to you so I guess like yep. that experience taught you like go with your gut and, and know the next time what you definitely don't want kind of thing yeah especially as a freelancer because it's like well I'm making the rules but it's not always as easy as that yeah and I think it, it gave me a better um like red flag indicator over people who it's- don't value you correctly because it I felt like Zane at the point where he was like you should be lucky to work in television I was like you should be lucky that I'm I'm in front of you ah. and you've got my skill set here like Can you're I... the lucky one ah, <laughs> so, absolutely. yeah I think it's given me a better sense of my own value really you know in that yeah. kind of environment um so I feel like if I get the whiff that someone is like yeah not value me correctly then I'm like you know I'll see you later <laughs> you know in doing that hopefully hopefully that person maybe did a wee bit of a hmm. Yep, I hope so. Maybe I was a bit expectant of that person to do all like two people's jobs basically. Yeah. And yeah, well you would hope. That's all you can hope yeah, for. I mean, absolutely. the job's the right thing for you. Yeah. 
It was funny as well because I was meeting my friends from the job I had just left. They're like, oh, let's have a cat. <laughs> and I met them for a pint and I was like, so I just left the job. They're like, what? <laughs> You're bringing yeah. on the drama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Makes for a good story now, doesn't it? <laughs> the time Absolutely. was quite terrifying. Yeah. Now you're mad. That's a good story. But yeah, <laughs> I really look back on that and I think I'm I'm really proud that I just followed my instinct because um, otherwise it would have been exploitation, basically. That's great that you did that because for the industry, for have enough people start yeah. leaving or saying speaking up then hopefully there'll be change do you know what I mean I like you're not just expected to you're like I don't plug in the computer plugs in exactly yeah <laughs> it's, it's important mean, thankfully that was the only kind of um or that was like the biggest moment like that where it was just like you know it was so glaringly obvious that it was happening that I was like I'm out you know th- there's nothing I feel like you can... should make an animation of that I feel I should, like the, yeah. you should totally make the film of Gordon's like career path. And you could do it like Snakes and Ladders. Like, Gordon, yeah. give me another project. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, that could be for 2022. I'll do Done. That. Boom, done. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you've already given some you know, wonderful advice just in telling your story. And you, you obviously had said that, that, you know, certain advice that you would give to anyone starting mm-hmm. in the career or. But is there any advice that you have been given that has just stayed with you? Um, this wasn't specific to my um, career, but it's definitely something I try and like apply. And I, I think it's useful, but it's um, I'm better than no one and no one is better than me. To me, that is like, I don't know if it was my friends. It's like someone from back home said it. One thing I've learned throughout my career is, you know, as I've got more senior, like I, I'm always learning from everyone, no matter what position of authority you're in. And I think if you see each other as equals rather than like above or below each other, then that's where the magic happens, if you know what I mean. Like because you work together and you're open to learning. Whereas I think unfortunately i have met people who do think you know their shit doesn't stink and it's like (laughs) come on (laughs) so for me yeah that is like a healthy attitude to have in any walk of life is just see yourself as an equal to everyone and yeah and I, i think that leaves you more open to connect and for more collaboration to happen and also yeah don't be afraid to ask questions also because i i think i used to be quite like afraid of that when I was younger um, or earlier in my career anyway but I think as I'm getting older I'm just like asking all the questions because again that's how you learn and not seeing yourself above or below and just yeah as an equal then you learn so much more you connect better and blah 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 so yeah I think I think you're spot on with that like just don't just don't think you have somebody in that Mm -hmm. but equally don't just assume that everybody's above you and that you, you're not yep. deserving of their time or their energy because it's that's just not true. Yeah. And if you do get that sense, walk out. Go to <laughs> HR and ask if you could just leave and walk out. <laughs> I could do, I mean, I've got an image of you strutting, strutting out of there. It, it was very outer body, I think. So I didn't really do it with sass, although I wish I had, but yeah. When you animate it, you will, obviously. Like yeah. when you make this in, in 2022, <laughs> when you make it, 
you'll be strutting out there. With the Adams, yeah. I feel like you should do the Adams. Oh, yeah, again. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of, I don't know if you're a, a goal orientated person, if you have like eye in the prize, like that'd be cool. Do you have things you're like, oh, that'd be good if I got to do that? So I think one thing I'm toying with the idea of is either writing a book or a graphic novel. When the burnout happened, you know, I was trying to really think about, okay, what is it that I really enjoy from what I do and what is like the core of it all? And it is storytelling. Um, And I think animation was just like a medium that I found that I've really enjoyed. And I guess I hadn't really opened my mind to anything else, but I've been listening to some podcasts and stuff and like, talking about like passive income and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking like, I wonder what I could do to sell that, you know, could potentially dribble in passive income. And I was like, oh, maybe I could write a book. I'm not saying I'm going to make shit tons of money out of like the whatever book I write, but, <laughs> you know, it, it started becoming like a possibility in my mind. So I feel like yeah. that little seed is growing there. Um, and I think having something physical that says my name on it, that's like a story I've written would be amazing. And I think looking back as well, as a wee boy, I was really, like I had loads of comic books and like visual media that I loved. So it's not necessarily a goal, but it's sort of like, I'm curious about ah. writing some kind of book, I think, basically. That's lovely. And yeah, it's like that come back to that tangible thing again. And it's yeah, just having some holding your hands. Yeah. I made this. Yeah. Whereas it, animation, I love it, but it doesn't really have that. You can't physically hold it. I mean, unless you put it in a DVD or something, but, you know, it's not like, yeah. There's something about words being on pages in a book. One book that really, like, I also think this might have been, um, like, a catalyst to my love for storytelling. So, basically, I recommend this for everyone who has kids. It's called The Eleventh Hour, and it's essentially, like, a murder mystery. Okay, I say murder mystery, but it's like a whodunit, but for kids. And... It's about this, I think it's an elephant who has a birthday party and all these animals come over for dinner and the birthday cake goes missing. And you have to figure out who stole the cake, basically. But, like, it's beautifully illustrated. And each page, it's like a snapshot of the party. So you can see characters in different rooms and you need to try and figure out, like, okay, if they were in that room at that time, then they couldn't have been in the kitchen. And da, da, da. I was so addicted to it. <laughs> And I think, I mean, I was like six or something when I read this. I was like, I am a detective. Like, yes. I'm a detective. So, and that... Can you take a lecture? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'd be called Gumshoe Gordo. I think that's my, like, private detective. You thought of this? <laughs> I... Oh, my words that I mean. <laughs> I think um, 11th Hour was definitely, like, the, the feeling I got when I read that book is basically what I want to try and... Yeah, to capture that feeling and give that to someone else would be, like, amazing. Oh, you um, should totally do this, Gordon. That's, that's, yeah, well, that's lovely. Watch this space. We'll see what happens. I but, shall. I shall. Yeah. I mean, I've just given you about 45 ideas that I want you to be in. <laughs> like, and then you can do this, and then you can do that. Why don't you animate a series about a dance troupe? <laughs> well, 2022, let's see what happens. <laughs> You're, like, getting the diary open for 2022. <laughs> I love it. No, I massively appreciate like all of your um, honesty. I feel like you've just been dead honest. I get well. I mean, obviously, this is the first time I've met, but I just get the impression that you've shared so much. Just yeah. like the real lifeness of, yeah. 
a creative doing the thing that you've obviously always loved yeah. um, and it is great but it is hard too at times but um but then the rewards you reap the rewards of that hard work I guess yeah definitely yeah march to the beat of your own drum you know that's the the moral of the story <laughs> he is so. here now I do a thing I'm aware of time I was like it takes yes. about an hour we're nearly two hours in I know sorry <laughs> so no it's me it's me talking when I should be listening I just get so that, that but that is a sign of a good conversation when I feel like I really want to talk back so Aww. I hope you don't feel like I've talked over you no no not at all I think um I want to say thank you also because like I do get nervous with like when I know someone's recording me I'm like oh so this has been so lovely and yeah I've really enjoyed our chat so thank you thank you Gordon and I appreciate like like I was saying at the start I, I was also nervous because I always get those wee butterflies but I think that just shows that you care but that's what I tell all the kids in schools before the performance I'm like just means you care <laughs> just means you want it to go well but um you're such a brilliant storyteller and I've, I really appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you. So thank thank you. you. But yeah, I do a thing called the hingamajigs, which are just random questions that I like to ask each guest at the end. So I've got like okay. a list of like 70 odd and I just pick a few for you. Um, and this is just your answer today. Okay. All right. So let's do it. We're talking about songs that you obviously listened, music that you listen to when you're creating. But if you were... To give me a song that you know every single word of that you know if I was to say you're singing this on karaoke what song would it be hmm. so it needs to be on karaoke well no that was just an example doesn't it be right. literally you could be in your car okay okay so in my car I think okay a song I know all the words to probably um you know that song jump in the line by Harry Belafonte that's one of our. That's one of the songs we danced to. Oh, really? The trip. I love yeah. that song. That's a tune. It just makes me so happy. It's singing in it. Beetlejuice. It's in Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's in Beetlejuice. Yep. Yeah. That, that's where I discovered it, and then I, like, I'm obsessed with his music. He's so amazing. It's just got such a good energy, and probably I would sing that at karaoke as well. I think because that's like one that would get everybody like joining in. Oh, and stuff, crowd so. pleaser. I mean, yeah. you want to be singing the crowd pleaser? You don't. Yeah. Uh, either that, or you have to do a greedy one that everybody's like, "Oh, that is lovely." <laughs> <laughs> Good choice, Gordon. I'm impressed. Yes. Do you call it roasted cheese or toasted cheese? Roasted cheese. Yes. Yeah. Do you? Because I've had so many arguments over my life of this. I know. I, I wonder. I wonder if it's like a regional thing because it seems it like some people are like really hardcore the other way. I'm like, it's roasted cheese. Thank you so much. Uh, there's not been many people said roasted cheese to be honest with when I've asked this question. I mean, I don't yeah. ask it every episode, but a lot of people look at me like I'm half made. Yeah. When I say roasted cheese, and I'm like, and they're like, but it's not roasted, it's under the grill. And I'm like, wow, do you I know. That? <laughs> I know. Yeah, roasted cheese all the way. That's what I would call it. I knew I liked you, Gordon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was wee, I finished that sentence. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> when I was wee, I was a monster. Like me and my sister are a monster. So I've got a story. My granny is from Mochlin. Yes. If you know Mochlin, yeah. So yes. she used to play grass bowls. <laughs> and me and my sister snuck into the bowling green and turned on the sprinklers like in the middle of a competition <laughs> and we were like chased down Mockland High Street with like brooms basically so yeah I was a monster you were a monster <laughs> sorry Grant <That's> amazing. 
I'm I'm seeing this book come to life already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I've never seen word. so many angry old people all at once. It was quite frightening. Yeah, they definitely move quicker than what we what we thought they could, basically. So my gran was so angry at us. So sorry, gran. <laughs> I think it was a curiosity then. We're like, I wonder what's going to happen if we turn on this tap. <laughs> and then, yeah, chaos. Was <laughs> that scene at a film? <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> And the question that I ask everyone because it's called The Bra and the Brave is, what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Can I give you a word and a phrase? 100%. So I think my favourite Scottish word is numpty. Yes. It's just so stupid sounding. It's just so perfect. (laughs) And I think it's like the perfect uh, word to use Like if you've messed up. Like, I've been a numpty, I'm really sorry. It's such a good word. Yeah. And And plus uh, it's like not that mean so if you were to say to somebody else, oh, you're an umpty, yeah, it's, it's quite like uh, jovial, like you're not being like mean to them. Yeah, it's coming from a place of love, you know, like, oh, what an umpty, you know. Aye. Um, and favourite phrase, I think, is a lang me your lum reek. You know, what they say, I just think there's something so like lovely and wholesome about that phrase to say to someone, like, I hope your chimney continues to smoke kind of thing. It's like, that's so nice. I mean, there's other Scottish phrases. That, I mean, that is such a hard question. I know, because then you start thinking, and then you come off of this, and you go, oh, I should have said that one. Yeah. Well, that's I guess a great one. Maybe the flip side is hod your wished, I think is a good one too. <laughs> yeah. I'm more familiar with that one. Yeah. I mean, I know you won't be able to imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you've no held your wished with me, because this has been a lovely, lovely Aww. conversation, Gordon. Good. Yeah, no, I've it's been really so nice it. to meet you. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. That's the main thing. Like, do you know what I mean? This is why, why I do it, because I want to just have nice talks with people it's not about the recording we just so happen to be recording it and other people get to listen to it but um i'm i'm really um excited to see what you got to next i love your work i think it's beautiful thank you and um but i've really enjoyed getting to know you and um thanks for coming on and being brawn brave no worries thank you so much for having me i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the brawn the brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests Bye for now.